Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. You know, many of us have taken a rocky path in our running and faith journeys. And Russell Orovec, well, he's no different. And we're going to share his story today. And then I'm going to try to pull together marriage, baseball, running, and faith. Stay tuned to see if I pull it off. And joining me, as he has for many, many other episodes, uh, is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So how's your first full week of 2024 been? I'm off to a good start. You yeah. know, I don't know if you saw what I had posted, but, um, you know, I, I told you that I might run, try to run 10 miles a day for yeah. as many days as I How's can. How's that going? It's going really well. Yeah. I'm really surprised, honestly, because by the, the third day, I was, I was miserable. Yeah. I was like, and I, I, I got through that third day thinking, there's no way I'm going to make it through a week. And then I started feeling better. Yeah. So... I feel like I'm on the other side of it now. Well, good. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good stuff. What about you? It's going good. Just busy. You know, we're yeah. still trying to finish our house up. We've been talking about on here a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we're getting close to that. It's, uh, tell you what, you get to this point of the process and it's like, I'm just ready to get this done. You know, when I started it, I said I was going to take my time and I have, but I'm just ready to get it done. You know, we're, we're kind of downsizing. Both of our boys are grown and, and almost gone and, uh, so different goals and different places in our life. And, uh, yeah, we're just ready to have it done. Excited about it. Yeah. yeah. And we're back to a normal schedule now, right? We what are. Is, I mean, I, I like normalcy. Yeah, I, I like, I like predictability, you know, through the holidays, it's, uh, nothing's predictable. Yeah. And, uh, including this podcast, we had some cool special episodes though. That was, that was really neat to listen to. Got a lot of good compliments. You did a good job that, with the so. top 10. Yeah, that was really well, well done. That was that was a lot of fun to do too. So we may have to make that an annual thing, huh? Yeah. Hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. It's our good buddy Brandon Combs over at State Farm. When you make the right decision, it feels good, like picking the perfect accent rug or choosing a good night's sleep over an all-night crime show binge. It feels really good to make the right insurance decision too. That's why State Farm agent Brandon Combs is right here in Dalton, Georgia, to help you select. The right protection at the right price. Brandon will make sure you understand state what your State Farm coverage is so you'll know what to expect when the unexpected happens with State Farm agent Brandon Combs. It's easy to make the right choice. Just call him when you want the real deal like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. And uh, shout out to Brandon. Shout out to all of our sponsors. You Absolutely. know, we simply can't do what we do without them. So thank you. And if you're if you're out there and you've got a small business or a business in general and you want to support what we do and allow us to support what you do, give us a call. Amen. You know, how about this? I'm going to challenge you. So I, I'm a, I may do something. I haven't decided yet. I've got less than a week to decide, um, and it's filling up quick. So I'm thinking about signing up for a race. I think you should sign up with me. Dean, I just signed up for a marathon to run with Gay. And yeah, I haven't it. run a marathon. It'll be meet. good training for this one. <laughs> the marathon's in what? How many weeks? Four weeks? Yeah. I don't know if I can fit anything in between that. Well, no, this this doesn't happen till May. Oh. You've got plenty of time. Oh. Well, you said training for the marathon. Like, 
Well, it's, the marathon will be training for this. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that scares me then. It's a hundred miler. No, no. It's, I've done it's, that. I've, well, I've not done that, but I've done half that now. It starts in ready. Key. It starts in Key Largo and finishes in Key West. Oh, that would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? What do you mean? It starts in. It that's starts a hundred miles. Yeah, apparently it is. Starts. I thought in, marathon to Key West is a hundred miles. No, no. Marathon is the. I think that's the. That's maybe a hundred k for marathon. There's well, like mar- four marathons above Key Largo. Marathon's north of Key Largo. No, no. Key Largo's north of Marathon. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but we'll check it when we get. We'll through. fact check that here. Yeah. Yeah. Either yeah. way, that would be cool. Though. It's running the keys. Yeah, Space. I've always said if I ever went skydiving, that's where I'd want to do it. Yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. Although that landing, you got to you got to nail that landing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a little yeah. worrisome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what twenty five feet wide in places. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so are you thinking about doing that? I am. I am thinking about it. You know, I've wanted to this do may? one. This may? Yes. You know, I've wanted to do one yeah, for 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 a long time, and yeah. I've just always been too busy to worry about trying to train for one. Well, I'm not too busy anymore. I I could I could train for one, mm-hmm. and so um really I'm trying to see how this hip feels over mm-hmm. this next week, and if it still if it continues to feel okay, I think I'm gonna sign up for it mm. and do it. Yep. But that would, that's that a, would be a fun one. It's a pretty hefty entry fee, so I want to make sure I, can, I feel like I can do it before I do mm. it. What date in May? May 18th, maybe? It's sometime, I think, right around when J-Fest would normally be. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, we may actually be down there. Oh, yeah? That same time. That would be fun. <laughs> Is that during the week or on a weekend? I think it starts on on Friday. So... Yeah, and it's a 32-hour time limit. Hmm. So I think my goal would be to finish in 20 hours. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, just a thought. 20 hours. Come on, hop in Man, there with me. That would be fun. The last guy that dared me to do that, I took him up on it. and I'm not doing that again. <laughs> well, we had a Facebook post from last week. This one comes from Angie Hawkins. Everybody knows who Angie is. Um, a run-for-God person, but I, I – Thought this gave us an opportunity to talk about something. It says, we're working hard here at Run for God headquarters, but we are absolutely confident that God is control is in control. Great things are happening. Be encouraged. Here's a quote. Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean God is not working. You know, she stood up and snapped that picture. We were we were here having our meeting that day. And uh yeah, I guess I guess Angie's sentiment here is there is a lot going on around here. Yeah. And um, we're very excited. The problem is many people listening to this podcast can't see that right, right. now. Uh, it's a lot of systems. It's a lot of uh, meetings. and and But rest assured, we are go- we, we're looking all the way back for 13, 14 years, and we're saying what has worked right, what has not worked, and we're building systems to match that. We're, we're basically building an app right now. Mm-hmm. That is, gosh, I'm I'm gonna put it up against pretty much any fitness app. Yeah, it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. It it's not it's not a quick process. It's not a cheap process, but it's the right process. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this is one of the benefits of of our whole partnership with Upper. Now is uh, we have a whole team of people that know how to do this stuff, and uh, 
I was in a meeting. I don't know if I said this last week or not. I don't think I've said this, but I was in, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I was in a meeting with Kevin and, and a group of developers, um, a few weeks ago and it just got, I mean, Dean, these, these guys were talking so over my head. It, it wasn't even, <laughs> I, I didn't even, un, I didn't even have a frame of reference to what they were saying. And I leaned back to Kevin and I said, this is where I start to feel really dumb. And he said, yeah, that's when I just sit here and play on my phone because more gets done when I stay out of this process <laughs> because we let the smart guys who who know what they're doing take this and run with it, and they have. I yeah. mean, we're putting all the content behind it, but this app is – I'm not going to go into the details of what all it's going to do, but it's going to be a game changer yeah. for Run for God. So to everybody out there who, who thinks, you know, this is – they went through this merger with Upward, and it's kind of the same as it's always been, which – I'm not saying how it's always been as bad. It's where God has brought us has been great, but it's going to be even better going forward, much better going forward. But be patient with us. We're looking at next August, September, rolling it out. That's kind of the goal right now. Of course, anything can change. It, it could come quicker. It may take a little longer. Uh, but for sure, by the time we hit the 2025 Couch to Marathon challenges and all the challenge season, um, we will have a church model back and we will have an app that I will put up against any of the big boys. Um, and it's just, it's exciting to kind of have a front row seat to it, to yeah. see all this happening because it's, you know, one thing that we can say is over the past 13, 14 years, we've got some incredible content, mm -hmm. but a lot of it's locked away in a vault. We did it one, we used it one time and it's, but man, we're we're kind of going back through all that content now. We're reading all of it and tagging it and doing all this stuff. I forgot about some of it, yeah. and it's just incredible the content we have. So yeah. stay tuned, be patient. You know, we're going to go through a little, maybe a few bumpy processes here over the next couple of months. But by the fall of this year, it's going to be pretty killer. You know, one of the exciting things to me about the direction that we're headed is that we've always been really, really good at being focused on the beginner. Right. Right. That's what we, and we and, will still be focused and we on will. the beginner. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's also going to be something for the seasoned person too, that right. just wants to maybe improve their faith or just be, you know, just have a little bit of faith included right. with their running. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, really the, the, the bedrock of this new app is going to be kind of an, I, should, I don't, interview's not the right phrase. It's, it's, you're going to be able to answer several questions, and we're going to be able to serve up not only the training for where you're at, but the education at the level that you're at. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you've been running for 30 years and you know everything there is to know about shoes, well, you don't need week two of the 5K challenge. That's right. You, 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 you have that knowledge already, so you don't need that. But you'll also get the Bible study applications for where you're at. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a if you're a new Christian, we're going to have something for you. If you're a if you're a pastor who's been in the pulpit for 30 years, we're going to have something for you. Mm -hmm. If you're a non-believer, we're going to have something for you. And all that's going to be done through a series of questions as you're signing up for your specific challenge. So you can still have a group atmosphere, but the content that's being served up is for you individually. It could and be all different. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's, it's really exciting. Uh, and it. The only reason we're allowed to. The only reason we can do that is because we have 
thousands of pieces of content that we've done through the years that's mm-hmm. written from a, a beginner perspective all the way to an advanced perspective. Mm-hmm. And now we're just figuring out, or now we're able to get those in the right buckets and serve them up to the people who need to see them. Yeah. So Angie's right. I mean, she nailed it. There is a lot going on here. We're working hard. Uh, be patient with us. I know we've been talking about this for a while, and we're going to continue to talk about it. We're not going to release it prematurely. Right. When we release it, it we want to knock it out of the park, and, and that's for everybody's benefit. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to be testing, testing, testing in the summer, and then by fall, roll this thing out and just sit back and see what God's going to do with it. It's exciting. We had a trivia question for last week that was maybe the most simple question that we've had as a trivia question. It was, what is the northernmost race in the world? I mean, you can't get any further north. You could almost not know anything about this race and get it right. That's right. Because you just say North Pole and then race or marathon. That's it. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) The North Pole Marathon. It's billed as the world's coolest marathon. (laughs) And there are two editions. This is interesting. There is a spring edition and a summer edition. You can choose which one. If you go in the spring, you fly by plane to the North Pole. Mm -hmm. If you go in the summer, then you travel by icebreaker ship. It just sounds sounds really fascinating to me. Um, Yeah, and it would be cool to run a marathon on the top of the world. Um, You have to travel to Russia. Um, Everything leaves from Russia. Mm -hmm. So uh, not only does it cost 21,900 euros or just under $24,000 U.S. money, um, but you also have to get to Russia, too. So it's on on top of that $24,000. So it's an expensive So the $24,000... Is the race entry fee, and that gets you there. That gets you there, gets you meals, it gets you pretty much everything from the point you get to Russia. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. probably one of the most expensive entry fees as well. Yeah, It's got to be. Yeah, I would I mean. guess so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, but I mean, doesn't that sound like it'd be fun? It does. The winning time last year was 3.48, so just knowing that. And the second place time was just under five hours. Wow. Second place. So, you know, how many it, people were in it's, it? It's got to be brutal. Um, Did I you see s- that? Yeah, I want to say a couple hundred. I can't remember exactly, but it was, so it it's was not a tiny race. It was a, it was a fair, fair number. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess it would be hard if you're running on the ocean, though, because essentially that's what you're doing. Yeah. Is running on the ocean. Um, I think the weirdest part about this would be to go in the summer, it would be. We're in the summer, and of course, where we live, it's 90 degrees in the summer regularly. Yeah. And to go from there to minus 10 would be really weird. <laughs> to, to be the, well, but is it summer there? What What is the summer temperatures there? Well, it may be summer, but it's still below zero. So it's still below zero. Yeah. I, I didn't know what the temperature was yeah, right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it the the warm temperatures probably get over that, but the colder temperatures will, will still dip below zero. So, yeah, pretty cold. And there's some other things you, you do along the way, too. There's some wildlife watching and hiking and some other things that you have the opportunity to do. So it's it's more than just um, – just a, a race that you go to. Looks like the boat that you that you ride on if you go by boat is really nice. Um, but the one thing that I noticed, it said, if I'm not mistaken, it said you can only bring one bag, and that's 33 pounds. 
And I'm thinking, 33 pounds. It's a small bag. That's not a lot of stuff <laughs> to be gone for a week yeah. of being in the cold weather, especially. Because, you know, cold weather gear takes up more space. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, you want to do it next year? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe next year. <laughs> you're, you're trying <laughs> we'll to, to sign me up for a lot of races, Dean. What the? We'll have to raise some money for this one, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other one you can afford. This one, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. Okay, well, we're back. You know, um, we got a lot of people just starting out their Couch to Marathon journey mm-hmm. right now. And so, man, wouldn't it be great to get a story? Again, we talked about this, I think, last week. Wouldn't it be great to get a story from somebody? Here's what I'm thinking yeah. is going to happen. What's going through your head right now? Yeah, and then get another story at the end of the year. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be So nobody fun. submitted one? I haven't seen one, nope. Okay. Nope. Well, the challenge is still out there. That's right. Well, so that, that podcast episode just came out. Okay. So, yeah. So it's out today as yep. of when we're recording. Right. So the challenge was is if you are signed up for the Couch to Marathon, we would love to have your story before you start. Yeah. Where you're at, what you were thinking, what uh provoked you to sign up for a Couch to Marathon, uh and and kind of what's in what's going through your head. We would love to have that story and then talk to you again or hear your story at the end of this journey. So yeah. If you're out there and, and you think that's you, go ahead and submit that story. Go to runforgod.com, submit your story, and we will get it on. Yeah, for sure. It's that time of year, too. If you uh, if you haven't signed up for Bible in a year, mm-hmm. um, you can do that. I'm actually listening to a different Bible in a year. I, I listened to one last year, and I enjoyed it so much that I found a different one this year, just a whole different version of the Bible. Yeah. So I'm listening to a different one this year. So we just finished our church has spent the past four years wow. going through the Bible. We took a year to go through the New Testament and three years to go through the Old Testament. Wow. And I think I've talked about it some in the podcast, yeah. but man, an in-depth dive into the Old Testament, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, bet. To, to, to read all of it and then to hear the, the preaching that went along with it. And of course, our Sunday school classes went along with it as well and uh but yeah it was a that was an epic that was Four a marathon years. of a journey yeah i bet to go through yeah that. it was it was good that's a big account when you get through too it's like wow we just did that that's cool yeah and i you know you start i don't know if everybody's like me some people might not like this comment but you stay in the old testament for a while and you're like let's just get back to the new testament <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah, I don't know. I love the Old Testament. I, I do love the too. Stories but, in the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean, but some of the the wars and I mean, it's yeah. People say we have it. Things are bad in the world today. Ooh. They were bad back then Ooh, too. Yeah, yeah. So God, God Ooh. is in control. 
he's always been in control, and no matter how bad we think we got it, he's still in control. That's right. Well, how about this question? What sport develops the fastest athlete who can carry a 30-pound weight over their shoulder over a 10-mile race? <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that question, and I thought, man, that's a good question. I don't know who that would be. Uh, and I, it, I think it depends on the athlete in the sport. Because I, I, one runner that, I, that came to mind pretty quickly was Nick Simmons. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Simmons, kind of a stronger guy, 800-meter runner. Um, <clears throat> You know, probably could run pretty fast with 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Nick Bear Nick does Bear's, a lot of that stuff. He's another one. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Hall's doing the, you know, yeah. he's doing the bodybuilding stuff now. He does the, uh, have you seen what he does with the, what do they call the, it's not milk jug, water jugs. He did uh, the rim to rim carrying. Did he really? Water jugs. <laughs> I think they're 40 or 50 pounds, something like that a piece. Crazy oh, wow. stuff. Yeah. And, uh. Oh, so yeah, he would be a good, good one. CrossFit folks, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of them, uh, d- it depends on the CrossFit person. Some of them focus m- a little bit more on endurance than others. Yeah. Uh, kind of depends on their, um, triathletes would probably be pretty good at that, you know, from all the swimming that they do. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of different gymnasts, uh, boxers. So this is a hypothetical question. Yeah, just a hypothetical question. Th- this didn't question. have an who, answer to it. No, no. Oh, okay. Just, just who, who, who do you think? Would be the best athlete that could carry thirty pounds over their shoulders for ten for ten miles. I, I'm going to go with Ryan Hall. I mean, yeah. he was an Olympic marathoner turned bodybuilder. Yeah, <laughs> he's like custom made for it, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, you would think. Yeah, yeah. So he's he, and he's still fast. Yeah, he could still run a sub five minute mile at whatever weight he is. Yeah. So I would, I would put my money on Ryan. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I, I don't know why. You don't, I, I mean, you don't have many marathoners turned bodybuilder. Yeah, no, there aren't many <laughs> Olympic <those>. marathoners <laughs> yeah. turn bodybuilder. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like the question and I like the thoughts. All right. Well, how about a story from one of Run for God's most faithful? This one comes from Russell Orovic, and he titles it Where God Wants Me. My name is Russell Orovic. I'm 53 years old. I was born way back in August of 1969. I'm married with three boys. I have loved running ever since I tried out for track back in high school. But after high school, I lost touch with running for a while. I started back to running when I was 30 years old, about four months into my marriage with my wife, Tracy. I got to run four or five different 5Ks and one 10K. Also, I also ran one half marathon before I realized that I had torn some cartilage in my right thigh. Doctors explained to me that I would have to wrap my thigh and let it heal before I could run again, which put me out of running for at least six months. But instead, I took more time off and ended up not running again until about four years ago at my church in Florida. When I found out they were doing a class called the Run for God 5K Challenge, I was excited and nervous. So I joined the class and ran my first 5K in over 30 years. I didn't even have to wrap my leg. I enjoyed getting back to running again. And then, about a year later, I signed up for the Couch to Marathon. After I started training for it, about six months in, I had a car accident that injured my back and neck. That set me back about a month and a half, but as soon as I was able to start back up, I did. Then, I had a fall in October and thought I was okay, 
but found out I chipped a bone in my left wrist and had to have surgery on November 4th, 2020, and was set to run a marathon in Panama City on December December 4th. I got permission from both my back doctor and my wrist doctor to keep my training going. They put a cast on my wrist and told me I was good, I was good to go as long as I didn't get it wet. So I ran that Panama City Marathon, and then a month later, ran the Walt Disney World Marathon with the Run Club group that we had been training with all year, and I finished. I have been training with Run for God for the last two years and now working on my third couch to marathon, and I love every minute of it. I still have issues with my back, but my doctor tells me that running is good for my back. He just said, the moment my back starts hurting when I'm running, I need to stop. By God's hands and through his strength, I'm still running and shining my light. I praise God for every step of every run that I do. And I'm glad you all are here to help along the way. God bless you. Hmm. First of all, Russell is infectious. He is. You know, when he? he gets around, there's so much energy in that guy. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. But one thing that stuck out to me right here at the end that you don't hear very much is my doctor told me running is good for my back. Yeah. That's something you don't hear a lot. No. A lot of times doctors will lean kind of the other way, mm-hmm. but it's 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 good to hear that he found one that, that kind of goes against the grain a little bit. Because, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, a lot of doctors would just say, oh, you need to stop running. Yep. Forever. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Russell, he's been he's been around for a while too. Um, he and his wife Tracy, mm-hmm. um, they show up for a lot of our big a lot of events. events. Yeah, I remember when they'll drive hours and hours. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool. Yep, yep, good folks. Um, but he's been through some pretty serious setbacks here along the way, um, and he just never gives up. You know, right. it, it may again it sets him back. He's got to stop for a little while, but he gets back to it as soon as he can. And this is a great example because so many people when they when they have that car accident, mm-hmm. they just quit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard after that. My neck hurts. And I remember, remember, he, he ran the Run for God 5K one year when his neck was hurting. I remember him having some difficulty with that. And, um, but he, he just kept hanging in there. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, you know, it's those times where you see a lot of things creep in. You know, use the example of a car accident and you're injured for a while and, that's where a lack of hope starts to creep in on people yeah. and they just kind of give up and you see it all the time. But if you, even if you're not running, even if you're making plans to start back running and maybe making a schedule and journaling, all those things that you do to try to get back to something gives you hope mm-hmm. and hope's what it's all about. I mean, hope, hope will keep you injured longer than our lack of hope will keep you injured longer than the injury itself a lot of times. Yeah. And just having something out there to keep working toward is so important. Yeah. 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 And like you said, he, it sounds like he's got some good doctors. Um, you know what I think? I think a lot of times when you, when you get injured, I think doctors sometimes assume you want to have an excuse not to run. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and, I think a lot, a lot of times people do. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, and I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. But if you're not one of those, if you're one of those who wants to continue to run, don't be afraid to bring that up to your doctor. Don't be well, afraid. If you're to that say guy, doc- then you just ignore what the doctor. Well, says. that's what I do. But <laughs> I'm not suggesting. We're not. You we're do not that. suggesting you do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's true. There are even even in our local orthopedic here, which there even inside that clinic, 
there are doctors who lean more towards mm-hmm. stay active, stay fit, stay running. And then there's some of the doctors in that same clinic that will just, they're quick to say, running's bad for you, stop running. Yep. And so t- if if you fall into the camp of you love running and you get injured and you have a doctor that says, um, stop running forever, get a second opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying that doctor's wrong, right. but I'm saying that there are different, there are doctors who see running differently. Yep. And so, again... I'm not prescribing here. I am not a doctor, nor are you. But sometimes it it, it doesn't hurt to get a second opinion. Yep, yep. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, you know, I was told uh, a month or so ago that I should probably, if not stop running for a little while, cut way back. And I ran 71 miles last week. So Yeah, telling you not to run is like telling a dog not to chase a car. Right. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I have been to the point where I couldn't run, but that's been a while back. Sure. Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. Even the youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hmm. Again, you got that word hope in there. Yeah, uh, I, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about they're they're kind of talking about a, a a career change and they were so worried they're just they're just not enjoying what they're doing at all and and they're so worried about stopping what they're doing because they don't have anything else lined up mm-hmm. and my advice was. Start getting something like that. Start having something that gives you that hope of, of a better work life. Yep. You know, don't 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 just stay in what you're doing and, and hating it every day. And if you're gonna leave that, then then start the process of doing something that gives you the hope moving forward. Because a lot of times people would just say, "I don't like what I do." They stop and they just stop. Yeah. It, it could be running. It could be a job. It could be marriage. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it could be a lot of different things. They mm-hmm. just quit. And quitting is not if 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 you transition is okay, but make sure you're transitioning to something. Yep. And that gives point. you hope. It's it a gives good you hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I kind of focused on that, the word hope too. Uh, I was thinking about how, you know, Debbie and I, you know, we have a great relationship. Our marriage is, is good and solid and she takes really good care of me. And of course, I try to take good care of her. But the thing is, is we like to do things for each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, so those things, they're kind of conditional in that, um, you know, if I completely ignore her all day long and then I want something from her in the evening, what's she going to do? <laughs> well, it's, it's not 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 going to be good. Yeah. One-sided yeah. relationships don't work. Right. So we have a lot of people um, – who talk about God and they want God to help them, but they're not holding up their end of the bargain. And it's right. not a lot. It wouldn't, that's not unlike me, you know, just taking advantage of Debbie and then expecting her to, uh, you know, to, to do things or help me with things that I need help with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's, that's the trap we fall into a lot of times with, with God. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many times yeah. if I'm just being transparent that I've, I've had the prayer with, you get 
the first three words out of your mouth, the first two words, dear Lord, and it's like you feel guilty. Yeah. You're like, God, I'm sorry. I I haven't talked to you yep. in a day or two days or a week or a month. And you, you, you realize, you get the conviction that this has been one-sided. And, mm-hmm. and our relationship with God is not meant to be one-sided. That's right. Because uh, he's always going to hold up in his end of the bargain. Right. He He's not going to be the upset wife in the evening because you hadn't done it. He's always doing his part. Yep. And that is that can be very convicting in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I hate when I have that prayer, but I, I love the conviction. I've talked about lacking conviction before. Yeah. I, that is comforting. Conviction to me is is a comfort. Yeah, um, it's letting me know you need to shape up, Mitchell. You need to you, you need to do better. But it's comforting knowing that I have somebody there that's giving me that feedback and letting me know he's still there. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. And the more immediate that conviction is, the more comfort I have. Yeah, because I know that 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 signal, that that voice is not far away. I'm yeah. just looking the wrong way many times. It's a great point. I guess my, my thoughts are it, this. We, we look at hope as a, um, what do you call it? Just a, we're, 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 we're just kind of watching, and that's, that's hope. Hope is an action. Mm-hmm. Hope requires action. Sure. And, and what is it? The Proverbs hope deferred makes the heart grow weary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hope if you stop taking action, the heart grows weary. That's right. Is what that's saying. Yep. And putting your hope in God requires action. Sure. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I thought about this from this standpoint as we go through life. You know, there's a, there are a lot of obstacles, you know, that's what Russell's talking about are some obstacles that he had along, along the life. And can you imagine going through life? And a lot of people do, they go through life blind in the dark, essentially, because they don't know what's going on. Think about a mud run. You know, have you ever watched one of those mud runs Mm -hmm. and a lot of, and a lot of those mud runs, they have to climb over a wall. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if you came up to that wall in the dark you have no idea how wide it is. You have no idea how tall it is. You just know there's a wall in front of you. And think about the lack of hope you would have in that. You have mm-hmm. no idea how, how high you had to climb or what you had to do to get over it. Um, and I think that's where uh, the, God is. This idea of God being a, a light unto my path is he's lighting up all of those things so we know what's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's not the way I typically look at this verse, but I, I thought it was an interesting. It's funny you say that because I, I just, I have a little bit different take on that, and it, but it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think I, we've talked about the the phrase, a lamp for my feet, talking about walls and mountains and things and how discouraging it can be not to know. But sometimes I think it's the opposite. You know, I've talked about, or you know that when, the, we trained for the Blue Ridge Relay. We would run Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, what is that, a mile and a half up, I think. Yep. Um, but we would run it early in the morning before daylight. And it was always better to run before daylight <laughs> because 
all you could see was what was right in front of you. And I think that's a picture. God lights up what is right in front of us many times. Yeah. He doesn't light up that mountain because that can be discouraging. Yeah. You know, you get to the foot of Mount, I mean, yeah, Mount Sinai, that, that's a pretty discouraging. If you just stand back and look at it, you're like, well, I can't do that. That's but you point. can run that right in front of you. And many times that's what God, that's what God did with Run for God. Yeah, he, that's he, right. He lit up a T-shirt. Yep. And he lit up this, and he lit up this, and he lit up this. He, did, he doesn't hold the light up at eye level. That's why it says in here, the word is a lamp for my feet. Yeah. It's for what's right in front of you because that's what he wants you to focus on. Yep. But many times we look up and we start looking around, it's just dark. Yep. And we get discouraged because it's just dark out there. If we would just look, the street light analogy. Yeah. Just look at the light right in front of you. And I think it's so cool how scripture just constantly uses the analogy of light and lamp. And, you know, Jesus is the light. He's the light of our path, the lamp for your feet. Um, there's a lot that can be understood from a lamp. Yeah. Yeah, I guess from from my analogy, putting those two things together, it's he lights up the wall that right. you that you can see in front of you, but he's not lighting up the next obstacle mm-hmm. until you need to have light exactly. on the next obstacle. Yeah. yeah. Philippians four thirteen, he says, "My life first. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength." Hmm. And there's a source of it of the energy required, right? So let's recap here. God wants us to hope in Him. And then he will light our path, and then he's going to give us strength to negotiate all of that. Mm. And uh, I like the way he put those three scriptures sure. in that order because it uh, it's pretty cool. No matter what our circumstances are, God can help us through them. You know, it's we've seen it: sickness, death in the family. Um, you know, you got problems at work. You have relationship issues, marriage issues, whatever. Um, God can help with all that. Um, the caveat is, though. <laughs> of course, with all of that is it may not be in the way you think you need help. Sure. And you got to be open to whatever his solutions are, right? Uh, never forget that nothing takes God by surprise. You know, there's a lot of things that take us by surprise. Um, but God is always prepared for everything because it doesn't take him by surprise. Question. How do you go from being injured and a doctor telling you that you can't run without wrapping your leg to running with no problem? Healing. Bottom line is is healing. But if you want to get from struggling to run because of an injury to being able to run strong, it, it, you got to heal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had some pretty serious plantar fasciitis injuries. In the past. Well, one time in particular, it was really bad. It took me nine months to get over it. Um, but ultimately, it had to heal for me to get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes that healing can take place while you're doing things, and sometimes that healing has to be complete focus. In order to heal, you got to focus completely on what it is you, you want to heal. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I've I've gone through both. I had a stress fracture one time where I had to stop. I had to stop running. And then I've had this plantar fasciitis, which I ran through for nine months. Mm-hmm. Probably would have gotten over it quicker had I not run through it. But I got to run through it. So, um, but the bottom line is, it, it's healing. So now you take that those running things, you apply it to everything else in your life. Are you hurt 
did somebody hurt you uh, because they, maybe they said some bad words to you or they treated you in a, in a way that wasn't nice or whatever? H- how do you get past that? We have to heal. Mm-hmm. In, the case, in, in a case like that, it may be f- that healing may be forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get past that without forgiveness. I think, you, yeah, you can interchange healing with the word time. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the hardest thing to do a lot of times. Mm. With running, you know, with, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm looking back at one injury in particular where it's like the doctor said, you know, don't, just don't do anything for six weeks. And, you know, you walk out the door and you're like, sign me up for that run in two weeks. <laughs> time is hard, you know, with, with somebody offending you. T- time will fix that text that you're thinking about sending mm. or that social media post that you're thinking about posting. Yeah, Time fixes a lot of things. But for me, my personality, I think for you as well, mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing it is. Is, is to wait. Um, and and I, think, I think Russell's hitting on a great analogy here uh, for life. You know, it's, yeah, he's talking about running, but, Many times we we need to stop. Mm-hmm. We need to just, you know, think about what we're about to do because just like running two weeks after the doctor said wait six is only gonna make things worse, that text you're thinking about sending or that that justification you're thinking about having will only make things worse. Yeah. And so I think yeah, healing and time is the fix. For sure. Another question, how do we get through a roadblock and come out the other side? How about this analogy? You ever driven somewhere where there's a detour? I'm looking at one right now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They got the the road closed right here because they're working on the train tracks. Yeah, yeah. So if you have that um, and you have a detour, maybe you're in a town you've, you've never been in before, but you've been following your GPS, right? And so I'm following my GPS. My GPS says I got to go across these railroad tracks. Right. But these railroad cra- tracks are shut down. How do I know what to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know the area. Well, we follow signs, right? Mm-hmm. We look for the signs that tell us where to go. and We follow those signs. That's the only alternative we have mm-hmm. at that point. Or we wait. Depending. Or we yes. wait. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I think the the – the wisdom of which way to go I'm using this metaphorically comes from talking to God. Yep. He he's the signs. Right. That's exactly he's right. He's going to say was, just stop, just wait or do this. That's that's the whole point. But too many times we circumvent that process and we just throw our hands up and we try to weasel our way through the railroad tracks while workers are throwing stuff at us and yelling at us. And I'm talking about life here. We we try to figure it out on our own. We try to help God out. That I don't, that never winds up good. Or we back up and we try to go around and we figure, hey, you know, I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll figure out how to get around this. I'm special. And, and then you get lost <laughs> yeah. because, because you don't know the area. I can figure this out. Uh, yeah. My GPS is wrong. How many times have you done that? Oh. That GPS is wrong. It has you, been wrong some. So you, it's wrong if it's wrong once. Well, then that gives you an excuse. Yeah, to you're going to buy 75 and yeah. it's saying get off and do this and this and get back on I-75. And you're like, this thing's lost its mind. Yeah. 
three minutes later, you're sitting in standstill traffic <laughs> because you didn't listen to the GPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look for God's signs. Last question. What, why does God put you where you are and lets things happen for a reason when those things seem like bad things? My analogy here is, is, is mo- I had a motorcycle at one time. And so uh, when they test a motorcycle rider, uh, it's like they put obstacles in your way and they make you avoid those obstacles. And they do that in a few different ways. They make sure that you can accelerate and decelerate at a reasonable rate and that you can hold a particular speed. And, and they, they do all of that um, as, as kind, of, uh, kind of an obstacle course. Well, why do they do that? They want to make sure that you've been trained to be able to ride that motorcycle, right? Um, But that's important to get started. It's important in our faith um, to get started by putting our our faith and trust in, in God. But the way we learn how to be a good motorcycle rider is we ride our motorcycle Mm -hmm. and we go through those, those things. I remember there was one time when, um, I almost ran off the road and Debbie was on the back of the motorcycle. It was a good lesson that day <laughs> because I, I learned. What was that? Sell I, the motorcycle? I learned what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I probably didn't have, I, she probably shouldn't have been on the back of it when, when I didn't, hadn't had enough experience at that yeah. point. Um, but, you know, I, I, that's kind of an analogy to, to the way things are with God. When we first start, um, that this whole idea that why does God let us go through these things? Well, we need these things. Mm-hmm. We need these things because that's I, I need to drive my motorcycle in pra- in traffic to get better at doing it. Mm-hmm. God has to put you in those circumstances that are not good because you have to learn to get through those with his help. Mm-hmm. And until we go through those things and look for him to help us through those things, we're not going to get better at it. Why do you do a track workout? Mm-hmm. I mean, I sound like I feel like I sound like a broken record, but and, and it's it's because I need to hear it as much as I say it. But we we get this in sport, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you we put your you put yourself through agony on the track. Well, you can look at that as a bad thing, or you can look at that as an opportunity to be better. Mm-hmm. There is no difference mm-hmm. when bad things come into your life. There is no difference. It's all about your perspective. And if you have an eternal perspective and you look at this sickness or this death, as bad as that is, I look back at my, my father's death and I can clearly see that was an opportunity for me to grow closer to Christ and for many others mm-hmm. to be introduced to Christ because of his life. He's, he's living it up right now yeah way better than we are but that's that that is a that is and i'm not always perfect in that i fail miserably at what i'm saying here so don't don't hear me saying i'm somehow better i I fail at this all the time but i understand it yeah i don't always get it but i understand it that a track workout is no different than whatever comes into your life. And I know some people say, yeah, but Mitchell, you don't understand. I do understand. Yeah. We all go through terrible things that are, that are there many times to make us better. Yeah. 
Yeah. And sometimes those are very terrible. They're yep. very bad. But from an eternal perspective, I'm not making light of anything bad, but from an eternal perspective, those are opportunities. Yeah. When you brought up over the last few weeks at some point, I can't remember the story now, but you brought up a story. I think it was you about how God looks at somebody who is is looking for to God for strength while he's in trouble and the idea that um why would God want us to be not be struggling sometimes because that's when we look for him the hardest, right? Yeah, I talked about a guy that that made the comment he he was in the in a pretty deep valley mm-hmm. and he he was praying to God, God take this away from me. Mm-hmm. And God clearly answered him and said, why would I do that? We're closer now than we've ever been. Yeah. And if you can see that, that's that's when it clicks. Yep. Many times in our lowest points in our life, that's when we're closest to God. <laughs> I, I, I heard this quote, but I've said it a lot here lately. The measure of a man is not determined by what happens in the valley. Yeah. If we're a believer, we all run to God in the valley. But the measure of a man is found on what he does on the mountaintops. Yeah. And so many times, that's when we pull away from God. As crazy as it sounds, you know, when we're on top, we should be thanking God all the more. Yep. But, but we don't. But it's the opposite. Yeah. It's it the is. opposite. And so, sure. And and does that mean that if you're if you're closer to God on the mountaintops, that there'll be fewer valleys? I don't know. I like to think that, but that may not be the case. But yeah. it's it's sure going to help our walk if we're we're praising God and we're giving God the glory on both ends of that spectrum. Amen. Do you need something to keep you motivated and to keep fit both physically and spiritually? Upward Sports Run for God Run Club has just what you need to keep you on track for both. Check out runforgod.com and join us today for pennies a day. You won't regret it. All right, we're back. Now, if you could step out your door and be anywhere in the world to run, where, where would you want to run every day? I don't think there's anywhere where I'd want to run every, every day. Every day. But, but what, if you could step out the door tomorrow and run somewhere, where, where would you choose? Would you choose someplace? Um, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to run um, in Central Park. I've never been to Central Park. Have you been to Central Park mm-hmm. in New York? I've never been there. Um, and I've always thought I want to run through Central Park. It looks like it's a great place to run. Um, but it would be fun to run in a different place every day. Can you imagine what that would be like to be able to go out and every day and d- choose your climate, choose your place? <laughs> like you have this transporter. That would be that would be magical. Have you? I don't know if you've ever been down there. You've heard us talk about it. I don't know if you ever ran it. The clay loop. Yes. Yeah, we ran it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I ran, it. I ran the whole loop. That's a pretty epic place. Yeah. And you see why people are so drawn to it. And, yeah. and really, in the end, and I don't think it's there anymore. No, honestly. I think they developed it. Yeah, those stinking developers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was just, a, it, was a, it was a dirt road in Claremont, Florida. I think it's 10 miles or so. Yep. 
and it was just a loop, but and it had its own Facebook page that mm-hmm. had a, just a little bitty parking area where you could get out and you could run. But I mean, some of the most elite runners in the world have ran that clay loop, and I don't know. There's something about it. It's kind of in the. It was in the middle of an orange orchard. Yeah, and it's just you. You don't really see anybody there. Yep. But it's amazing. I mean, I remember one time we were there, and there was an Olympian there, right? Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool place to yeah. run. But yeah, that would be. Cool. I don't know if I'd want to run it every day. Yeah, but it'd be neat to have the option every once. Sure. Long. Yeah. Well, I found this list of the best parks to run in in the United States. I don't think they were listed in order, but I thought it was interesting that one of the parks that was on there was Piedmont Park in Atlanta. Hmm. So that's not far from us. I don't think about Piedmont Park when I think about running, but I've run through Piedmont Park a, a lot. Yeah. Uh, back when I was in college, we ran through there all the time. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, we had this meeting with uh, my old coach Westbrook for his 50th year anniversary of running every day, and that's where we ran. Oh, was, wow. was it Piedmont Park? That. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, of course, Central Park was on that list as well. Boston Common. Uh, although Boston Common is relatively small, I, I I wouldn't want to run Boston Common all the time because it's just it's it's a pretty small place. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Park in that area in Chicago is really nice. They've got a nice nice way to run down through through there. Um, on on the kind of there's a path that runs near the the lake there. Uh, it even said there was a park in Newark, New Jersey. Now I didn't realize there was anything nice. In Newark, New Jersey. I was born not far from there. Um, and this park was was uh, designed by Frederick Olmsted, which I don't know if you know who he is, but fame, one of the most famous landscape architectures in the world. I th- I'm pretty sure he, he was one of the ones that uh, developed Central Park, hmm. um, among many others. So I was really surprised. Uh, another one on the list that I have run in was Golden Gate Park. In San Francisco, mm-hmm. that's a nice place to run, um, too. Um, and then there's, again, parks and places I didn't know they had. Cincinnati has a, a particularly nice park, apparently, to run in. Um, we've been to Cincinnati. We used to go up there every year, right, mm-hmm. with the triathlon team, and I never knew there was a place there to run. I've been to Balboa Park in San Diego, but I've never run through there. Uh, Memorial Park in Houston, I think. Uh, Debbie and I went there, but we didn't run. So, been to a lot of these places, haven't run through them all. I've always thought it would be cool to run the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Don't you think that'd be fun? Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Although it's hilly. You see those pictures of the Great Wall. Yeah. There's no flat spots on right. it, I don't think. But it would be cool. Uh, all right. How about um, if if you had this set up? I could picture this being a, a, a thing, right? I could picture you... Maybe in a big city where there's a, a concentrated population, where you have a treadmill, and you know they have these treadmills with the the TV screens on mm-hmm. them, right? Well, you have a treadmill, but you have like a 75 inch television screen in front of you, and you have like two more beside you, so you're kind of inside. Or you this got those little, concave TVs. Yeah, one of those concave. Yeah, something like that, where you could just choose where you wanted to run. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay you pay them. I don't know, whatever. Pay them ten bucks, and you get in there, and you you. You run wherever you want to run. They've kind of got that nowadays with the whole what is it, Zwift and they all do those things. But there's there's no, it's not that you know with, yeah. with those screens would be really would be really amazing, yeah, it would wouldn't be. it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'd be pretty cool. There's a business idea for somebody. 
All right, it's a time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, what do marriage, baseball, running, and faith have in common? Hmm. Well, I'm going to try to put all those together. I think we can learn a lot about running from marriage. Does that seem like a stretch? Well, hear me out. What is the secret to a good marriage? Well, most importantly, it should be built on the foundation that God provided for marriage thousands of years ago. The strongest marriages I've seen all start with a foundation of faith, and both the husband and wife have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But what is the second most important thing that helps marriages to flourish? I think the answer lies in how we think about our spouse. We should feel like we're part of a team working together for goals. What happens when the member of a baseball team hits a home run? The team comes out of the dugout and celebrates with the hitter as he crosses home plate. A good marriage will include a husband and wife who celebrate the victories in the other's life. Sure, it's fun to hit the home run. It's easy to celebrate that. But getting off the bench to celebrate when your teammate hits one, that's a step further. And that's how good teams operate. Likewise, a good marriage is one where a husband is excited about his wife's achievements just as much as his own. And what do we do with a batter who is in a slump? Well, we encourage them. And a good husband will encourage his wife when she is in a slump. In a good marriage, the wife wants to do the things that her husband wants to do. She will want to watch Die Hard at Christmas because her husband argues that it is, in fact, a Christmas movie. <laughs> Now, that may not include sitting in a tree stand with him at 5 a.m. in the dark, but it does include being excited about hearing what happened when he gets home. I could give examples from both sides, but you get the picture. A good marriage is one where both parties are genuinely interested in the well-being and happiness of the other. Many people treat running like a spouse they don't love. It is something that must be done. Running is to be tolerated, not loved. But that's the wrong frame. Hmm. Just like a good husband loves and supports his wife, running loves and supports us. We know it is trying to get us more fit, and it wants us to feel better. And just like a wife wants to feel loved by her husband, running wants to feel loved by us. And what happens when that attitude of mutual respect is present? The relationship flourishes. So the next time you're, you're treating running like a bad partner, try something different. Try embracing it. Try working with it. Try loving it. Just like every moment is not perfect, even in a perfect marriage, running won't treat you graciously every day, but you will have far more good days than bad. Love running, and it will love you back. That same relationship advice works with our faith journey, too. We don't pray because we have to pray. We get to pray directly to the creator of the universe. We don't have to read our Bibles, but we do get to hear words given to us directly from the great I am. We should celebrate the moments we connect with God. After all, he has hit more home runs than anyone in the history of the world. Working as a team with your spouse makes your marriage better. Working with running as a partner will make your running better. And understanding that God is on your team and he meets you at home plate when you hit those home runs will make your relationship with him better. 
But even more significant are the times when you're in a slump and you need someone to encourage you. He's there for those moments, too. Man, that's a great story, Dean. So how many people do you think actually love running? <clears throat> a lot of people run, but how many people just love running? You, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I, ha- I had the person that I was talking about career a few minutes ago that they're contemplating. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, it goes the same with career. You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about this. What you're talking about here, this person was making the comment, well, I'll just do this. And, and it's, it's the wording. It's the words that they were using that threw up red flags to me. And I said, you know, you hear, you hear some of the younger generation nowadays. I shouldn't say younger generation. You hear a lot of people nowadays say, well, I'm just doing this until I find what I'm passionate about. And I really do not like that sentiment yeah. because just like love is not a feeling, it's a choice, your passion is also a choice. It is. And I know some people will vehemently disagree with this, but hear me out. When, when talking about career, I could, I could go work at McDonald's flipping hamburgers and I could do it with vigor. I could love it. I could choose to love it. I could choose to make a difference. And I could be great at it. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with my skill set or my passion? It's a choice. It's a choice, yep. How you love your spouse is not a feeling. That's what I tell young people all the time that are kind of at that age. Of, love is a choice. Yep. Love is you, the feelings that you're you you feel early on. You know that's that's a lot of different things. That's not necessarily love. Yeah, love is what you do. Mm-hmm. Love is a verb. It's an action, and 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 it's the same way with with Christ. It's we can we can look at it as in the frame of well I need to do this, or we can look at it as I get to do this. Right. Anything that you look at through the frame of I get to do this. It's going to be far better for you, the product that you're, whatever you, it is you're doing, and the people that are affected as a result of what you're doing. It's all a frame of mind, yeah. and it's all your attitude. And so to answer your question, are there a lot of people that run because they don't like it? I don't think it's very many. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it's, I mean, yeah. I could say that there's some young people out there that are doing it because their parents want them to do it. They may fall into that category, but but if you're choosing to get out to do something that's that hard, I would think they're choosing to love it. Now maybe there's some out there that are doing it for weight and, you know, other yeah. things that might fall in that category. But I think in large, most people probably enjoy it. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Well, I, that's I would a long so. answer to your question. But. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, though. You know, some people may look at me and go, well, you know, you, you've got this running talent and it's easy for you to love running. Well, let me tell you, I know the other side of the coin because you know how much I like swimming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me tell you what I learned about swimming through triathlon. What I learned about swimming was when I went to the pool or to the uh, river and had on my mind, 
it's going to be cool because in an hour from now, I will have swam for two miles. Mm -hmm. And I could get that in my brain, that accomplishment of doing that. It made me embrace that swim much, much better. You made a choice. I made a choice, yes. And not only in in the broad scheme of things, but even in the specific scheme of things, one thing that I learned about swimming um, was that the more you relax, the mm-hmm. more you just let yourself swim, sure. the easier it is. Mm-hmm. The more you try to to Fight the buck up a, against it, the harder it is to swim. You yeah. just beat the water, right? right. Um, so, yeah, I know what it's like, you know, uh, to to not. And, and let me tell you too, from a running standpoint, you know, getting out there every day. I, last Wednesday was a hard day for me to get out there and go run. Mm -hmm. It was hard. Um, But, so I guess what I'm saying is I understand if you don't like to run, Mm -hmm. but you can still embrace it. I still embraced it that day, and I still got it done. You can not like it sometimes, but you can love it. Just like your spouse, right? I love my kids, but sometimes I don't like them. (laughs) Sometimes I want to just wear them out. Yeah. But I love them. That's right. It's a choice. That's right. It's You don't. This may be controversial. You, I personally don't think you fall out of love. Yeah. You choose to stop loving. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, after, after writing this, now my, my wife probably tell you that I need to do better at all of this. But let me say. Next week she's going to pull this out when you're not doing right. That's right. She's going to say, yeah. Dean, look what you wrote. <laughs> but here's the point. I try. Yeah. Right? And she knows I try. Mm-hmm. As frustrating as I am sure that I am at times, she knows where my heart is, and she knows that I try. Your true north is to love. That's right. And, you know, if we'll just try to embrace running, sure, it will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Have you always wanted to read through the entire Bible but never found the time to do it? Well, let me do it for you. Sign up for the self-paced Bible in a Year Challenge and start listening today. Every day, I read a few chapters of the Bible and give you running or walking tips and encouraging quotes. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So, if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member, what are you waiting for? Every week, I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. This week, it is this, variety. You know, we're talking about being able to run in a lot of different places. And as a runner or a walker, um, you get to really experience the places that you go to. So like, you know, a basketball player can go to some exotic place to play basketball, but he doesn't get to experience it through his sport we get to experience it through our sport and so i think that's a great a great thing now cycling you can experience that you can experience where you are but you can't cycle everywhere yeah there's just just, i've said this you know the time that i ran actually just up the road here uh i was running a a really long run one day and i ran from my house to udawa tennessee and it was the weekend after the tornadoes come through and I had driven up through there a few times since the tornadoes come through. You never experience things the way that you do on foot. You yep. can drive by it and you miss 90% of yep. what, but with running, I mean, I remember stopping and walking through that area. I saw an old guy sitting under a tent 
mm. out beside his house that was gone. Mm. And yeah, just the it's almost sensory overload sometimes when you're on foot. Yep. And you can experience that even on a bike, you yep. know, 20, 25 miles an hour, you're not experiencing as slowing down and running, you know, six, seven, eight miles an hour. You just, you take in so much more and you, for me, you see God so much more clearly a lot of times. I think you're Especially right. Especially out in, in nature and things like that. For sure. Well, I love this story. It, it comes from the Indy Star. This is about a lady. Her name is Andrea Pomeransky. She's a 41-year-old runner, and she has qualified for the Olympic trials, which are coming up soon. She's not going to win the race or anything like that, but she has a pretty cool story about her path to get there. She lives in Wolverine Lake, Michigan, um, and she showed promise when she was young. As a matter of fact, she set the under-20 record in the steeplechase. That's how fast she was. She was also a softball player when she was younger, didn't realize how good of a runner she was until she kind of... She eventually had to give up softball. Um, now, her husband, Joe, is also an athlete. Um, he played professional hockey for a few years, and he says that she is the toughest person he has ever met. <laughs> That's big words coming from a hockey guy, right? Um, so here's some. I, I, just, I want to take some excerpts from, from this article. It was a really long article. Um, Through bone disease, blood clotting disorders, and grief, Andrea persevered. Her greatest achievement, a silver medal at the 50-kilometer world championship, came 10 years after her greatest anguish. In 2013, she delivered premature twins. One son died the same day. The other son died nearly five months later. I thought at the time, I mean, I'm just being honest, I thought my life was over, she said. There was nothing to go on for. I thought that was it. I was in severe, severe depression, and I didn't talk about it. I kind of told everyone I was fine, but in my heart, that was it. Three children later, twin daughters and a son, life was better, richer, and fuller. Pomeransky had twice retired from competitive running, and she didn't contemplate racing again. But running was a refuge for a mother of three kids younger than three. Once out the door, burdens lifted. I had never loved anything more in my life than being a mother, she said. But I also felt very overwhelmed because my whole life was them. I just felt like this, it just felt like this weight. One step at a time, one mile at a time, one year at a time, and here she is. Next, the Olympic Marathon Trials, February 3rd at Orlando, Florida. At 40, she became the fastest marathoner in Hoosier history, irrespective of weather. She, whether she makes it to the Paris Olympics, she has traveled farther than she ever imagined. You know, she was raised in a Catholic home and um, her brothers also played softball, baseball, different sports. They were all really good athletes. Um, it says, as a sophomore in 1998, she had a .40 ERA and struck out 213 in 139 innings. So she was a really good softball mm -hmm. player. As a senior in 2000, she pitched all 24 innings in what was then the longest softball game in Indiana history, a 4-3 loss to Seneca. <laughs> So I guess at that point, she felt like she had some endurance. Mm -hmm. If you can pitch for 24 innings, mm -hmm. that takes some serious endurance right there. I can't imagine that. Uh, but she didn't take running really seriously. Although she did run up to 35 miles a week, she never missed a softball practice. Even though she was running track, she, she still didn't miss uh, softball practice. She ran, But she did run in college, and she was really good. Um, she actually finished 25th at NCAA Cross Country Nationals. 
um, in a race that included uh, people by the name of Shalane Flanagan, Sarah Bay or Sarah Hall, and Des Linden, some of the biggest names in the sport. Um, she's in the Miami of Ohio Athletics Hall of Fame, which is where she went to college. But she quit running after college. Um, she got back out there at 28, and she had some pretty good success. But then she was diagnosed with osteoporosis, and they told her she was probably done running. Um, and that's when the, those twins were born prematurely, and she went through all of that. Can you imagine the depression mm-hmm. of, of all of that? It says, the most courageous thing the couple ever did, she said, was risk enduring it again. She took shots to enhance ovulation. One year after birth of twin sons, she learned she was pregnant again with twins. The news was simultaneously joyous and perilous. When Andrea's father found out, he kicked the wall. I couldn't figure out how she could go through it again, John Kramer Sr. said. I couldn't figure out how I could go through it again. The Pomeranskis went through it. Andrea took shots for the clotting disorders. At 20 weeks, she started having contractions every 15 minutes and was put on modified bed rest. At 28 weeks, she contracted food poisoning and could not stop vomiting. That led to delivery of twin daughters, Annabella and Zella, on March 19, 2015. They took on a different kind of challenge the next year. Although Andrea was not running seriously, she induced her husband into training for a half marathon. It remains her favorite race. It remains a source of family amusement, too. The former hockey player was feeling pretty good early in the 13.1-mile race at Traverse City, Michigan. You know, I'm poppycocking out there, Joe said. She's like, you're going too fast. You've got to slow down. And she's, he's like, hey, don't tell me what to do. I've got this. By mile eight, he said he was dying. A woman shotgunned a beer in front of them and passed them, and Andrea could not abide that. They overtook the woman. Andrea finished in 146.54. Joe, one second later. On what would have been the twin boy's third birthday, Andrea again learned she was pregnant. She felt it in her bones, even though the couple had done nothing extra to conceive another child. On May 28, 2017, Cooper was born. We never thought that would ever happen again, the mother said. When her son's sleep became fitful, she found herself herself unable to sleep more than 90 minutes at a time. It took a family vacation to realize she was not okay. I was just weeping. I was crying all the time, she said. It was not necessarily depression. It was sleep deprivation. Upon the family's return home, the son began sleeping through the night. After three nights, Andrea had so much energy, she, she, she did what any young mom would do. No, she actually didn't. She signed up for a 2019 Ironman. <laughs> of course, that led her back to running. She eventually ran a 244 marathon, um, she, which she said she had no business running that fast. Um, and then when everything shut down in 2020, she just kept running. She kept training. And then she ran the, uh, in 2021, she ran the Boston Marathon in 237. She was the 22nd female. Um, and she has other, other great things that have happened to her. And, um, Pomeransky said her life resembles Tetris, the puzzle game. <laughs> what a school day looks like is up at five thirty or six o'clock for a 10 mile run, including warm up and warm down. That's 15 miles. Her husband drops off the three children at nearby Catholic school. Pomeransky has about four hours to rest ahead of a shorter run, four to five miles. Pick up the kids from school, pass out snacks, transport them to soccer practice. Along the way, she lifts weights or does Pilates. After soccer practice, it's dinner, homework, bedtime. Do it again the next day and the next. 
and all the days after that. She conceded she has a natural ability, but said her most important quality is consistency, and her coach agrees. Pomeransky's perspective changed, not about running, about everything. In an Instagram post 10 years to the day after losing the first of twin sons, she wrote she was grateful for those boys. And to quote, for teaching me to have grace, empathy, and to do things that test me, scare me, push me, and to take risks and scary leaps of faith that I never would have otherwise, she said. I hope you live courageously, love fiercely, take risks, and go after what you really want in life. Hmm. What a great story of overcoming. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I cannot imagine going through what she went through with those twin boys. Uh, but it's a good lesson for all of us, right? I mean, we're not going to be elite marathoners like she is. Um, but that tragic thing that happens to you doesn't have to define you. Right. And she didn't allow that to define She could have. She could have wallowed in that for the rest of her life, but she didn't. You know, I know a lady who she lost her mother to cancer. Um, when her my mother was, you know, relatively young, she never got over it. Hmm. And to this day, as far as I know, I haven't talked to her in a few years. She still struggles with it, and she's she's missing out on life because she can't let go hmm. of that situation. So, Andrea Pomeransky. She figured it out. Sure. She figured out how to get by it. And um, again, back to what you said a little while ago, it's your choice mm-hmm. how you react to these things. So, all right. How about a trivia question for this week? Who is the oldest person to run a sub three hour marathon? It's a good question. That's a good one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know the answer to that one or you Googled it and found it, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to send that in, then you're going to win $20 off in the Run for God store. So um, get busy. Let me know who that person is and um, and win some cash. And, and you know, I, I get the feeling sometimes that people just assume that if I don't get on it right away, mm-hmm. that no that that it's too late mm-hmm. you know there have been weeks where I, I'm, I'm not sure that anybody answered the trivia question really yes but there have been weeks where i get two answers like within you know 10 minutes of yeah <laughs> yeah like it's it's an hour after the podcast has come out yeah i've already got an answer so it's really it's you yeah. just never know sure. from one week to the next how about a motivational thought of the week this comes from that famous person called unknown <laughs> It says, do not wait for the perfect time and place to enter, for you are already on stage. Mm. That's good. Life is what happens when you're busy making plans, mm-hmm. right? So don't let it pass you by. That's a lot of what we, we talked about a lot of that today, haven't we? Mm-hmm. It's kind of been the theme of the podcast. Wow. We are down 199 episodes. Mm-hmm. Next episode is episode 200. That's awesome. That snuck up on us. Yeah. And I just can't believe that. I can't believe we've been doing this that that for that long. Yeah. God has really blessed us. He has. He has. My goodness. All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. 
If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.